Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Happy Wednesday, the day before CPAC officially kicks off here in Washington, D.C. at the National Harbor. A lot of the luminaries, not all of them, but a lot of the luminaries of the conservative movement will be here. And it'll be a good place for journalists like myself to uh, get a bellwether, to get a pulse on what's going on in the conservative movement. Who's up? Who's down? What is going to be the issues upon which the base of the party moves? What are the issues that the Democrats will counter with? We always see the counter protests at CPAC, so we'll know what that's about. But these are significant and extraordinary moments in the history of journalism, in the history of politics. And I think over the next few days, we're going to get a good pulse reading on where the conservative movement is going in ahead of the 2024 election. Listen, it's not in doubt who the nominees are going to be. It's going to be Joe Biden and Donald Trump. That's certain. But there is a significant question about what each party's strategy, what each party's messaging will be, what each party's appeal to non-traditional constituencies, meaning constituencies that might be changing loyalties this election. Suburban women and women who are concerned about abortion who might have voted Republican might be leaning Democrat this time. Blacks, Hispanics, Asians, blue collar workers who traditionally all voted Democrat might be leaning in the other way with Donald Trump's promises and his record and his projection of strength. Those are realignments that don't happen very often. They happened in 1980. They happened a little bit in 16, obviously, with the Trump win. They happened a little bit in 2012 with the Tea Party elections, but they don't happen that often. And I think we'll get a good read at CPAC what that is. Now, in the meantime, one of the things that I'm always surprised about is the important issues that members of Congress, the media elite aren't focusing on, even though they have such consequence. And yesterday I brought one of those stories to your attention. It's what I personally wrote about the reconstitution of Al-Qaeda training camps on Afghan soil, soil under the protection of the Taliban. We have the Taliban and Al-Qaeda back in Afghanistan in power, in growing and reoperating, particularly in training and indoctrination with madrasas because of the fateful decision to pull out the way Joe Biden pulled out of Afghanistan after two decades of war there. For two decades, we had the Taliban out of power. We had al-Qaeda on the run. Training camps were bombed out of existence. All of that has been reversed in three short years under this president. And in today's conversation, uh, I want to dig in and dial into that. I think it's really, really important that people understand the dynamic that has led to this moment in history where great gains have been reversed and the reversal puts America in the most insecure posture, certainly since 9-11, maybe even before that. If you believe the FBI agents who wrote that letter we broke a month ago, we're even more insecure. And why is that? Well, you've got the resurgent Iran with more money in its bank, thanks to Joe Biden. You've got the Taliban with 2.6 billion of American money in the bank. They've got the al-Qaeda training camps up and running again. And we have an open border unlike any open border in the history of this country. The hijackers could waltz in today even if they had their IDs, I think. they just leave them at the border and walk across. That is the perfect storm. And I think in today's show, we're going to talk about that. First, with the former chief of staff to the National Security Council, Fred Flights, one of the great intelligence analysts in CIA history, 
one of the nation's premier national security experts and, of course, the vice chair of the security and intelligence policymaking arm of America First Policy Institute. Uh, he's always a great guest. We're going to dig in deep on not only the story I wrote, but also a column he wrote two years ago that I think resonates today even more than when it first surfaced about the false equalizations that Democrats have given to America First security policies and those of Europe in the 1930s. It's just not the same dynamic. Fred's going to explain why, and I think that's a really great one. In the second part of the show, Robert Greenway, one of the great national security experts, is going to join us from Heritage, and we're going to talk a little bit about further on the Afghan revelations, which are so significant. And they're not in doubt. They came from the United Nations and the SIGR, the Special Inspector General for Afghan Reconstruction. But why the Biden administration would fund the Taliban while the Taliban give safe harbor to al-Qaeda so that al-Qaeda can open up eight training camps so that they eventually could have the capability to strike Americans anywhere in the world. I can't understand that. I hope Robert Greenway can. Maybe there is no understanding. Maybe it just is what we told you it was. But that's going to be a big part of the conversation, Tim. Really super excited about that. In the third block of the show, we're going to celebrate AMAC Wednesday like we do every Wednesday. Bobby Charles, former Assistant Secretary of State, current national spokesman for AMAC and the Association of Mature American Citizens. He's going to join us. He's a perfect guest to continue this conversation on Afghanistan. Here's why. You probably didn't know this about Bobby, among all of his many achievements as an appellate court clerk, as a lead investigator for the House Oversight Committee, and then as Assistant Secretary of State. He actually led the Afghan police training programs when the United States was trying to train Afghan police to create Western-style police departments that could combat terrorism and crime and the poppy-growing and drug trades of Afghanistan. He has as much knowledge of the, what's the ground game in Afghanistan, what it's like, how it, what drives it, the forces that drive it, than anyone. And he'll round us out on a great conversation today on this AMAC Wednesday. Or if you want to sign up for AMAC this month, we got a very special deal because of our partnership. $35 for a five-year membership. That's my, the membership I took out. That is a bargain. I think it's the lowest rate I've ever seen. It's a special reward to all of us here at Justin News. If you haven't joined and you want to get discounts and you want to become part of a community of patriots, common sense Americans, go to amac.us slash justnews. AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News today. From now until the end of the month, you can use that URL or the promo code Just News to get that $35 fee. That is a heck of a deal. The best deal I've seen offered in my time with AMAC. Be sure to go check that out and join. Say thank you to AMAC for supporting us, but also say thank you to yourself because you're going to get big discounts on purchases. You're going to get exclusive offers for policies and insurance and products. You're going to get a daily flow of analysis and news, a daily opportunity to engage in civic opportunities, a weekly podcast, and a monthly glossy magazine that is gorgeous. Those are the big, big plays in the opportunity for becoming an AMAC member like I have. So come join me. Match me on my five-year membership, amac.us slash justnews. That's as easy as it gets. All right. When we come back, Fred Flights, former chief of staff to the National Security Council, right after these messages. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. 
Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. All right, folks, we'll go back from the commercial break. I want to stay on the topic that we talked about at the top of the show, uh, the idea that after 20 years of routing the Taliban and al-Qaeda from Afghanistan in less than three years, Joe Biden has been able to get both firmly entrenched back in Afghanistan. Eight new uh, training camps for al-Qaeda, five new madrasas, according to United Nations report, which was drawn, by the way, from member states. So it's coming from the security intelligence agencies of the United States, Great Britain, Australia, and others. Uh, I talked to U.S. sources because I don't always trust a U.N. report. And they said, no, that one's right. Uh, That's what's going on there. Uh, Just remarkable, stunning reversal of 20 years of gains, 20 years of bloodshed, 20 years of common sense approach to dealing with Islamist extremism, terrorism. Uh, Our next guest was on the forefront of so much of that great work uh, from 2001 forward, actually even earlier when he was working inside the CIA, eventually was the chief of staff to President Trump at the National Security Council. Joining us right now, our good friend, Fred Flights. Fred, great to have you back on the show. Hey, John, good to be here. So I think a lot of, I've, I've, I write a lot of stories right every day, but this one is, seems to have caught a lot of people by surprise that uh, Al-Qaeda is reconstituted, not yet maybe capable of re- uh, launching a long-range attack yet, but if you got the training camps running, got the madrasas running, your recruitment and skill sets are going up again. How damning a moment is this to the Biden administration's policy? Well, I think this was predictable. There's a close relationship between Al-Qaeda and the Taliban, but let's review what happened in, in uh, 2021. We left behind 358,000 assault rifles, 126,000 pistols, 64,000 machine guns, 16,000 night vision goggles, and thousands of trucks and Humvees and aircraft. So, so John, the Taliban, first of all, they've become arms dealers. And we have to assume a lot of these weapons are probably showing up in Ukraine and being used by the Russians and who knows what else. But this really was uh, uh, the, uh, the, the weapons that could be arming several large aggressive terrorist groups. And I think that's what's going on now. I, I believe that the Taliban is probably selling larger equipment that it can't easily use and uh, weapons like machine guns and assault rifles, they are all being used in these Taliban training camps. Yeah, no, it's uh, there's no doubt about it. And there's both a, a, a strategic value to them, but there's also a propaganda value. And uh, the combination of the two is such an embarrassment to the United States after all the work our men and women did in the armed services to route that country of a lot of this extremism. Um, there's a second part of this, which is at the same time the UN report came out, John Sopko, the uh, special inspector general for Afghan reconstruction, came out and said, hey, I've been tracking all the money that goes to the Taliban uh, from Western uh, treasuries. It's $2.9 billion and oh, 2.6 of that comes from Joe Biden's administration through the State Department, AID, and NGOs affiliated with them. Uh, why would we fund the uh, government that's not only extreme to women and extreme in its hatred of America, but also uh, giving safe harbor to uh, al-Qaeda? Is there any strategic value to that money flowing to the Taliban right now? Well, it, it's probably just as advisable as the money we gave 
to, uh, to, to, to the Palestinians. It found its way to Hamas, and, and the administration knew it would find its way to Hamas. They actually had to uh, uh, agree to a waiver recognizing that. This is humanitarian aid to Afghanistan that the administration should have known that because this is a state sponsor of terror, the Taliban is a terrorist organization, they would use this money for terrorist purposes. It's just the naivete we, we've seen constantly from this administration on national security. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it is remarkable. Some people have said to me privately, we're funding our next terrorist attack. Is that a, a fair assessment of what the Biden policies potentially are creating? Yeah, I think that's right, because look, they have the weapons, but they need the money to build the training camps, to train the soldiers. So we first provide the weapons, and then we're providing the funds that's necessary to train the fighters to use the weapons. Yeah, just uh, head scratching. I just don't know what to make of these policies other than what uh, the former defense secretary, uh, Bob Gates, once said, which is that Joe Biden seems to be on the wrong side of every foreign policy decision in his career. Uh, it comes to mind as we look at it. Um, I want to step back for a second. Uh, the world is quite a bit less stable than it was three, four years ago when Trump and you and others handed the keys over to the Biden administration. There was a uh, a growing peace movement in the Middle East. Iran was in a hole with a bad bank account, uh, almost in arrears in the bank account. Uh, Al-Qaeda wasn't, didn't have training camps. Al Taliban wasn't in control. Uh, and there was a clarity to our position. And oh, by the way, I think even the NATO commander said NATO got stronger because of Donald Trump's um, uh, efforts. Uh, today, all of those things seem to be in reversal. Normally, elections are driven by pocketbook issues or cultural issues. Is this an election where the security record of the Biden administration becomes a major factor in election, maybe for the first time since 1980? You know, a lot of European ambassadors um, um, uh, call me and people from embassies, and they're wondering, what will a, a second Biden uh, Trump administration be like? And I say, look, I don't speak for the president, but I, I will tell you that the world was much safer and, and it was much better for Europe when President Trump was in office. Look at the world today with the disaster withdrawal from Afghanistan, tensions with China, what's going on with North Korea, the war in Ukraine, what's happening in the Middle East. And I see these Europeans running these articles and complaining that they have to Trump-proof themselves. They're so worried about a Trump presidency. You know, Europe had it pretty good under President Trump. And I think, uh, and I, I tell this to, to uh, European diplomats, it's time you start facing that, that this presidency has been a disaster for global security. It's made the world much less safe. There's simply no debate that we're less safe today than we were when Donald Trump left office. And I think our allies, leaders of our allies, should stop pretending otherwise and, and complaining uh, that the man that made them safer may come back into the Oval Office in January 2025. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think in the Dutch uh, premier's comment over the weekend, a guy who could be in charge of NATO, there was that sort of, hey, guys, back off. We got to work with this guy. And uh, it's not our job in Europe to meddle in the U.S. election. That is right. That's another point. This amounts to election meddling. When we see all these European diplomats and the economists and, and, and the London Guardian making these articles, well, for example, the economists ran a piece lately uh, saying that, the, well, the, lamenting that the Democrats don't have a plan B and they better come up with one because Trump's going to win. Why doesn't the economist run an article saying Trump is a pretty good president? We welcome him back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, it is pretty, pretty remarkable. Um, there's another thing going on, and it's clearly the uh, effort of um, Democrats to project what they think, think their weaknesses and put them on Republicans, MAGA Republicans, the extremism, the world's going to get worse. Um, and, oh, these uh, America first policies take us back to what Europe was uh, in the moments before World War II began. Uh, there are such factual inaccuracies in that thing. I think a few months ago, or a few weeks ago, you did a great op-ed that took that apart, but it seems to still be in the media narrative. Why is that a false comparison? Well, General Kellogg and I answered this in, in, a, in a wonderful op-ed we ran in May of 2022, and it, it ran the Washington Times. It was titled, America First is America at Its Best. And we, we just explained that what we mean about America First and national security is a strong and decisive president, a strong military, a president who's prepared to use military force to defend U.S. national security, but to use it prudently and keep us out of unnecessary conflicts. 
and a, and a president who who will work with our alliances and allies, but make sure that our allies carry their weight to defend their regions. That's where the American people are. They don't want us in more unnecessary wars. They don't want us signing treaties that the globalists love, but cost American jobs for no reason. So, I mean, we're just emphasizing that's what this is. It's certainly not isolationism. There were people who called themselves America first in the 1930s who were isolationists. There's nothing similar between the America first today of today and, and, and those isolationists. This is a, this is a, a, a peace through strength philosophy for American leadership and protecting America's security and working with our allies to have a, a stable world. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. And, and um, it, peace through strength was never controversial, I guess, until maybe the beginning of the Obama years. It seemed like there was some uh, beginning erosion in that. And then, of course, it seems Biden has really reversed peace through strength and it's really peace through appeasement. And it actually turns out to be violence through appeasement. Uh, but do you think most Americans realize that uh, they feel a world is much more uh, uh, unstable than it was three years ago and they know who to blame? Is it easy for them to put their finger on this is a Joe Biden problem or does it get obfuscated with all of the media stuff? I think they know that this is Joe Biden problem. It's just so obvious the world is less stable. And I, I remember maybe what was most striking about this administration concerning whatever the Biden doctrine is, I'm still trying to figure that out, was when Biden went to Europe his first year as president and the French president said, welcome to the European club. That epitomizes where we don't want to be. We want to work with our European allies, but we're not a member of a European club. Europe and the UN do not have vetoes over American foreign policy. We make our foreign policy. We'll talk to our allies, but, but European elitists, they don't make it and they don't veto a president's foreign policy decisions. Yeah, so important. I want to go back because I was a little confused by it last week, the behavior of the House Intelligence Committee chairman, um, Jim Turner. Uh, sorry, Mike Turner. I don't know why. That a moment happened. It seemed as though a briefing was on the way. This is intelligence that's long been known. And when I mean long, the first time I'm told it surfaced was two years ago. And there's been incremental updates throughout. Uh, what was uh, Turner ultimately up to? And did it backfire in Republicans the way it played out? Well, let's stipulate there's an incredible mistrust about intelligence and the U.S. intelligence community. The way it was, it was a misused uh, against President Trump and the Trump administration. Nobody believes it when there's a threat. Turner saw some pretty significant intelligence uh, concerning Russia's plans to put nuclear weapons in space, apparently uh, as to attack satellites, but maybe as an electromagnetic pulse weapon to destroy power grids. And he was accused for a variety of reasons of leaking this for political reasons. I don't think that's what happened. And I say that because I heard from Congressman Michael Waltz, who's on the committee. And what he said was Turner tried repeatedly get to get the White House to respond to this information and to tell him what they were doing about it. And the White House refused. That's why Turner went public. It had nothing to do with the border, nothing to do with 702, and nothing to do with Ukraine funding. Some of our fellow Republicans, they're saying otherwise, but in this instance, they're wrong. It does affirm the Space Command decision, though, doesn't it? That's exactly right. And I mean, it's a hard thing. And look, I understand people who are skeptical of Turner and this report because of the timing, because they've been lied to so many times about intelligence. But with Waltz backing him up, I believe Turner. Yeah, and the, listen, the, the, um, the intelligence is real. And the idea that Russia and China are moving to a space warfare is a very real dynamic that used to be impugned. By Democrats. Now it isn't uh, all of a sudden. And I want to talk about that dynamic because it's interesting. Uh, Russia, Russia, Russia is back again with the, uh, the Ukrainian informant and other things. But the truth of the matter is we Democrats were the party that tried to make big concessions to Russia in 2009, 10, 11, 12 with the reboot. Uh, Democrats and their families got rich off of that. And then Vladimir Putin pulled the rug out from under them and invaded Ukraine the first time. Donald Trump tightens things up for a while. Russia behaves. Uh, Joe Biden comes back, the appeasement process begins, and all of a sudden, Russia is in Ukraine. On the idea that warfare was moving to space and Democrats were slow to recognize them, and they were the ones who were the capitulators to Russia for a long time, those mistakes of a decade ago are now beginning to roost in terms of consequences for national security, correct? I, I think that's right. And I would repeat something we've talked about a lot, that 
Putin invaded neighboring countries during three or four successive U.S. presidencies, but not the presidency of Donald Trump. Trump turned off the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which was crucial for the Russian economy, and, and Biden turned it back on. So when Biden runs around saying that Republicans are colluding with Russia, Republicans are, are weak on Russia, let's just uh, tell them the facts. Yeah. That's the key thing. The facts are actually there. A lot of times there's a, they engage on process and the facts are the more important thing. That's what makes it so um, remarkable. The facts are there. And that's what I think the American people will decide. Um, last question for you. Uh, the next few weeks are going to be some pretty significant moments, a decision whether to fund Ukraine in the House. My sense of it is that there will be a a House package that does get through in some form. What are the key things that every American should be hoping comes out of this when it comes to the border, Ukraine, and Israel and Hamas war? I think Ukraine will probably get funding, but this is in trouble, first of all, because there's such bad blood between Biden and, and, and congressional Republicans. They're so tired of being called MAGA extremists, and he simply won't negotiate with them. But a bigger problem is there's no strategy for our funding of Ukraine. This has become a war of attrition and a stalemate that the Ukrainian army will eventually lose because it's running out of soldiers. And Biden has yet to provide a strategy for either how he will help the Ukrainians win or how he will end the war. He just wants to throw weapons at it. And John, this is just virtue signaling. Putin is bad, so we're going to send weapons there. That's not a strategy. No, that isn't. It's a political statement, but not a strategy. And I think most Americans accept the idea that Vladimir Putin has acted badly for decades. And he is who he is. Uh, the lack of a strategy before we pour a, pour a fire hose of money on it is probably what's most troubling to, to folks. Will the border get tightened up or will we head into the election with the same bad border we have at this moment? I don't think it's going to be tightened up. And you and I know that it isn't necessary to pass legislation to tighten the border. Biden has the discretionary authority to do that now. And if this border bill passed, which is bad, it gives Biden more discretionary authority, which he probably won't use. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, even if they got a deal, what, what's the certainty that the president would actually execute the, the, uh, the initiatives before the election? Almost none, given the pressure on the left side of his party to keep that border open. Yeah, really remarkable. Fred, you do such amazing work at uh, the America First Policy Institute. What's the best way for folks uh, to follow the great security thinking analysis and policy building you're doing there? Because you're coming up with some of the best solutions. Our website, AmericaFirstPolicy.com, there's incredible information, just not on national security, but how we're going to fix the nation across the board with America First Solutions. Yeah, that's it. It's a great resource. I check it often because uh, the, leading, the leading edge ideas are all being invented there. They're such great ideas. What a great honor to have you on. We love you, Fred. Thanks for joining us. We'll be sure to get you back on soon. Hey, great to be here. Be here. Thanks, John. Thank you, sir. Okay, folks, don't go anywhere. The great national security expert, Robert Greenway, is going to keep this conversation going. What a, what a great one-two punch. Fred Flights and Robert Greenway, two of the best right after this message is. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar's down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, 
thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Welcome back, America. Earlier this morning, I had the story on Justin News. It was drawn from two reports that haven't really gotten much attention. They were released days apart in late January, but they provide stark new evidence of just how consequential President Joe Biden's bungled withdrawal from Afghanistan and his administration's uh, dealings with the Taliban ever since, how consequential they've been. Now, we have the perfect next guest to walk through all of this with you. Joining us right now is Robert Greenway. He serves as the director of the Center for National Defense at the Heritage Foundation. Robert, so great to have you back on the show. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, it's an honor to have you on, particularly on a day like today. I've gotten calls from all over the country today with this story. I think people are just shocked to find out Al-Qaeda has as many as eight training camps reconstituted back on Afghan soil under the protection of the uh, Taliban, according to the United Nations. And while that's going on, the single largest Western donor to the Taliban, the people giving the safe harbor, is the Biden administration, 2.6 billion of the 2.9 billion that's been given to the Taliban since they took control, uh, has come from our uh, taxpayers' uh, money. Um, people look at that and say, this is in incongruous. What's going on? Tell us, how bad is this? Well, it's actually worse than all of that. And, and again, <laughs> it, as is the case with a lot of information, it's often worse than is than is purported. Yeah. And you're right, I think, and many are to be skeptical of any reporting that comes out of the United Nations. But I would say that the Al-Qaeda monitoring team, which is put in place right after 9-11 and the horrific terrorist attacks, uh, and in some cases, the personnel preceded, have done stellar work at reporting what member states report to them. And I could assure you, one, that the reporting uh, is almost certainly accurate and almost certainly much worse. Yeah. Now, remember, too, that we left $83 billion worth of equipment and infrastructure yeah. on the battlefield to exactly the same people that we took Afghanistan away from after the 9-11 attacks and for good reason. And the reason was that the Taliban were providing sanctuary and safe haven to Al Qaeda. We can't claim surprise that that's the case now. And I would say to anyone that draws distinction between the Taliban and Al Qaeda are drawing an artificial distinction. The reality is Al Qaeda in its, in its past, current and future leadership have all pledged loyalty to the Taliban for precisely this reason. And so the common cause that's shared absolutely represents a threat to the United States, just as it did before 9-11 and in the days preceding it. And I would say one other thing that we also know, not least of which is from the reporting that comes from the UN al-Qaeda monitoring team, but other sources that the U.S. has corroborated during our administration under President Trump, is that al-Qaeda's senior leadership after bin Laden's death resides in Iran. And so all of these threats, the provision of resources to Iran in the form of over $100 billion, what we left in Afghanistan, and to your point, what we're continuing to provide to them, which is not to say anything of what we're allowing to go in from other countries, is absolutely funding the next terrorist attack on U.S. soil. It's just so mind-boggling. People say, well, how could we be this stupid? Why, why are we doing this? What is the strategic interest in letting Iran get billions of dollars of oil money so they can fund the Houthis and the uh, ISIS? And, uh, and then why give the Taliban all this money? Is there any explanation? Because every time I watch one of the Biden administration officials 
come up for the hill, they say, hey, situation's getting worse in the Pacific. The situation's getting worse in uh, the Middle East. Situation getting worse in Afghanistan. But they don't seem to acknowledge that it's their policies driving it. Are the American people beginning to detect the, uh, the, the incongruity of the policies and the outcomes? They are. And I think it's not least of which is because of the open southern border. Yeah. And everyone recognizes that every country, China, Russia, Iran, uh, Al-Qaeda and the Taliban, uh, Hezbollah and, and associated threats are all exploiting our southern border uh, and it's complete open access to them. And they'd be idiots not to do it. Uh, we're the ones, of course, that are culpable in allowing them to exploit that open border. And I think that's what makes Americans sort of concern that these threats are, in fact, exploiting it. And I think that draws attention to it. And I think the administration does not want to draw attention to the open southern border or to the mistakes made in Afghanistan. And so it shouldn't be a surprise that we're ignoring it. The surprise really is the fact that we're going out of our way to fund our adversaries, which may be the only consistency in this administration's policies. <laughs> That's a good point. It is maybe the only consistent thing that we've seen. It really is a head scratcher. You mentioned Iran, and I remember after 9-11, uh, a lot of people associated al-Qaeda just with uh, Sunni uh, Islamic extremists. But there always was this sort of I interesting game of footsie going on with Iran. Uh, more recently, one of the al-Qaeda leaders, perhaps the top al-Qaeda leader since al-Zawari was killed, uh, seems to be in Iran, according to U.S. intelligence assessments. Is Iran uh, closer to al-Qaeda than they were two decades ago? I think in many ways, yes, now, that relationship has evolved. But we, we again have to remember that they provided support, assistance, direction uh, and control in many cases from Tehran to, to Hamas. Right. Which is also uh, not a, a Shia aligned terrorist group. And so we have to recognize that practical necessity often trumps ideological obstacles and differences. This has always been the case. Now, there are times when Iran has been concerned about about Al Qaeda's activities, potentially in operational activities threatening their own government inside of Iran. Right. But that's now born, I think, long ago into cooperation. And what they're doing and others are channeling that extracurricular activity towards external threats. And the degree they do this, of course, and the degree they host them gives them control over al-Qaeda senior leadership. So that as long as they're captive in Iran, they're largely not going to, as it were, ruin the situation and complicate matters, but rather make common cause with Iran against, another, and, and among other things, the great Satan in the United States and Israel as the principal regional obstacle to them. Yeah. One of the things in the uh, U.N. report that some of my security experts that I talked to, including people in the current administration, was saying they're not as uh, certain of. The report said there, that al Qaeda is not capable of uh, conducting or controlling and conducting long range terror attacks. My uh, sources said we're not as sure as we were of that six months ago. Is that changing as we see more people walk across the border, as we see how easily Hamas carried out the October 7th attack? Is there potentially an underestimating of al Qaeda's ability to have a long arm and strike the United States again somewhere in the world, if not on our own soil? We should have very little, if any, confidence. Remember uh, FBI Director Ray's public testimony yeah. that all lights were blinking red in terms of the threat to the homeland. And I think that's the accurate comment. Anyone who thinks that we can predict with confidence what's going on in the remote regions of Afghanistan with any certainty is delusional. We didn't know Al Qaeda's resurgent capacity within Afghanistan while we were still there right. because it was so well integrated to the Taliban uh, completely. And that remains the case. So we should have zero confidence in our judgment that it's 18 months away. In fact, I would say that it would be optimistic to say that it was six months away. The reality is we don't know. Yeah, that, that is exactly what I heard. And that's the scariest thing you never want to hear from the intelligence community. We don't know what's going on, but that's what I heard over the weekend, which uh, very, very troubling. So I want to turn to Europe for a second. Uh, there's some interesting dynamics going on there. Uh, the, uh, the outgoing Dutch prime minister, who may be the incoming NATO commander, basically told the Europeans, stop whining about Trump, stop meddling in the U.S. election. We'll deal with whoever is the American president because we have to. It seems like that was a message long waiting to be delivered. Uh, how's it been received? And what do you think prompted that sort of uh, moment of, of, of uh, speaking, spoken word? I think he said the, uh, the, uh, the quiet thing out loud. 
Well, I think it's a realization on his part of whom he might have to be working closely with and will be in many ways dependent upon because the U.S. is obviously the greater among equals in the constellation that is NATO. And we just hosted here at Heritage the NATO secretary general right. who has a long relationship working with then President Trump. And they got along because it was based on practical necessity. And he'll tell you what I'm sure he'll tell any successor is that President Trump did more for the membership and more for NATO as an organization by encouraging and coercing members to pay more yeah. and what they originally pledged to do. And I think that's the recognition. Now, I would also say I'm sympathetic to those that view that, that NATO ought to wait to pick a secretary general until after U.S. elections. And I think that would probably be the more prudent course. I'm also sympathetic to those that think that only members that are meeting their contribution goals above the 2% threshold ought to be eligible. And frankly, the Dutch aren't in that category. Yeah. Fascinating to see the dynamic there. Uh, i got about two minutes left. I want to turn to uh, Israel because it seems as though the Biden administration has so many different messages out there about Israel. It's hard to know where they really stand with Prime Minister Netanyahu. It seems like we're uh, stopping them from taking the military offensive while they have the initiative. Uh, is that a problem long term for winning the war against Hamas? Look, there's, there's been, I think, growing daylight between Jerusalem and Washington. Yeah. I, and again, I'm, I'm completely sympathetic to Jerusalem's cause in eradicating Hamas after what happened October the 7th. And let's remember, as I know you do and your viewers do, but sometimes I'm not sure about the White House because they don't mention the Americans killed and still held hostage. Right. And there are likely, uh, but we don't know, in Rafah at this moment. And so I think we need to be uh, fully supporting Israel and its campaign goals. And I think we have no other choice. Seeing the theater that goes on in the U.N. and the U.S. administration's choice to push for a ceasefire with not allowing Israel to finish its stated goal only is going to ensure that Hamas survives and threatens Israel and America in the future. And to me, it's a it's a it's not a common sense policy. All right, folks, AMAC Wednesday ahead. News alert. Bobby Charles, he's got something to say about Afghanistan, why he helped train the Afghan police back in the days when we had the Taliban and al-Qaeda on the run, something that's not the case now under Joe Biden. We'll have that after these messages. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. You know it's Wednesday, which means it's AMAC Wednesday. In fact, this may be a lot more than just AMAC. This week, Wednesday, we're going to see AMAC at CPAC later this week, and we'll get a second dose of the great wisdom, analysis, and liberty-loving thoughts from our good friends at the Association for Mature American Citizens. But today, we're going to bring on our good friend, Bobby Charles. And I want to start, Bobby, it's great to have you on. I want to start with a story we broke earlier this week, because a lot of people know your story career. But one of the amazing things you did is you helped set up a lot of the police training efforts in Afghanistan when we were trying to, to build a stable country there and keep al-Qaeda out. But this week, we reported that the United Nations Counterterrorism Office found that al-Qaeda has reconstituted eight eight training camps inside Afghanistan under the protection of the Taliban and five madrasas, which take those children away from mothers who used to have the freedom to raise their children the way they want. Now they don't with the Taliban back in control. 13 propaganda and hate training centers, the very thing that we spent two decades trying to eliminate. I want to get your take as someone who worked in the State Department, trained those police. How big a setback is this for worldwide security? You know, John, I think it's a, <clears throat> I hate to overstate things, but I think it's a significant setback. And I say that it's it's a tragedy. It is tragic uh, because we went in, in on 9-11. They hit us after 9-11. We went in and we went, I volunteered for active duty, actually, as a naval intelligence officer on 9-11. We went in initially, uh, we went in initially, uh, you know, I had seven friends killed in the Pentagon where I was supposed to be. So I went in, we went in initially to do good things there. And then uh, once the military piece was done, uh, ironically, you know, sometimes you throw the football and have to catch it too. And I ended up in a position where working with Powell, one of the responsibilities was to build out, uh, set up and build out the, uh, the Afghan police training program. All of that was done, um, with the notion that we would eventually have an Afghanistan free of the Taliban, uh, free of ISIS, free of terrorists, and able to hold themselves up under their, you know, hold their own weight up and, and be able to step forward 
as something that was an evolving democracy or, or republic. And, and many, many signs pointed that way. And actually, John, if we had just stayed there another three or four years, over the 20 that we'd been there, we'd lost just five people a, a year roughly for the last three or four. That's a, that's a terrible loss for those that are lost, but it's not a high number relative to what we're trying to get done in there. John, we had almost, we had women and girls being educated. We had families finally being able to feel like they could breathe free air. We had the government itself beginning, get it, it was about to be handed over to a generation who had been trained and loved the American values. All of that has been washed out to sea. It's one of Rudyard Kipling's sandcastles that go out to sea. And the worst part is, it isn't just that we lost all that we put in there. A lot of noble souls who gave everything they had, and that nobility never goes away. But the outcome that we sought and were just about to, to, to be able to realize was lost because the Biden people just scampered away and ran away. And, and the saddest part, of course, is that they also left 100,000 of our allies who have visas. I've been working with those families trying still to get them out. We have so many allies in there that are being chased down by the Taliban and who are being killed. So uh, it, that's all on Biden. The worst part is, though, that the future is on Biden. And if you have uh, these camps being set up again for purposes, d don't don't make there's no illusion about it. Their purpose is to strike outwards at the United States and the West and the Western countries. There's, there's no other purpose for an Al Qaeda camp. So at the end of the day, Biden not only failed to realize the objective that we so really wanted resolve, realized in order to, in a sense, respond to what the tragic attack on ourselves. But he has also opened the door to future attacks, which is just unthinkable. Amazing. It really is amazing. It's so devastating to think the long-term consequences. We spent 20 years rousting the Taliban and Al-Qaeda from Afghanistan. In three years, it's now re-solidified. We spent years draining Iran's bank accounts to bring them to the table. And in three years, we've made them cash flush. And it seems as though the world has been completely destabilized. Do you think voters, despite the rhetoric, despite a lot of the, what I would call the media blockade, do you think that voters understand that the consequences on foreign policy, usually we're not a foreign policy election country, but this is one of those ones where foreign policy and national security are on the front lines. Do you think voters understand how much damage Joe Biden has done? I think they understand it typically in the moment after that tragic, horrific, uh, chaotic, uh, indefensible withdrawal uh, from Afghanistan. It was on everybody's mind. I think people forget quickly, John, and I think it's very important that those of us who revere the truth continue to remind people of not only what has happened abroad, Afghanistan, Iran, uh, what's happening in the Middle East right now, Russia, China, but but also remind people that these have direct consequences on us. The you know the fact that they have you, you know that the Houthi rebels supported by Iran have just sunk uh, a, a, a ship in the uh, in the in the Red Sea uh, only validates or reinforces the fact that no insurers will now cover uh, that that stretch of ocean through which 10% of all world trade goes. So your prices for things that you see in the grocery store or that you see in the hardware store that may be related to or have pieces that come from, you know, farther away, those have to go around the Horn of Africa now to get here. So the prices are higher. So all of these things have impacts at home. But, you know, honestly, John, there are three major issues in this election, I think. And I, I don't know that there's any way to turn uh, away from those three issues. The first are the potentially devastating impacts on this country of an abandonment of the national security of the country abroad and foreign policy as we traditionally have known it. No, no sense of credibility abroad, which means that our, our, our worst enemies lean in and try to do their worst to us. The second is the economy, which is in shambles. And, and frankly, with lagged interest rates and other things, you're going to see it slowing down this year. There's nothing that this, so, you know, this Bidenomics business is just rubbish. And, and I mean, it's literally rubbish. And I don't like rubbish on my front lawn. So I, I think they, you know, they, they've, they've just done a terrible deed to seniors. I mean, AMAC works every day with seniors who can barely pay for their prescription medicines, who can barely pay for their groceries and their and their uh, the cost of housing. And, and it's really in, it's incorrigible and it's also unconscionable. And the last one. So you got national security and the economy. And the last one, in many ways, is rule of law, which relates to things like opening our border and, le and defunding police and causing crime to rise in drug strikes. So those are big issues. Oh, God, they sure are. You are not kidding. 
you look out with CPAC is here. We're going to get a good measure of the pulse of the conservative movement. There are some disconnects. It seems as though the Senate Republicans don't want to do the Mayorkas impeachment. They've not been willing to commit to it, at least not the leadership. Give us a state of the conservative movement on this, the eve of the 2024 CPAC convention. Well, as you know, John, as the national spokesperson for AMAC, I will be there, and so will so many of the AMAC leaders and leadership core, uh, really trying to both assist and, and participate in every possible way in trying to energize who, who we are and what we are and why it matters to America. But I will tell you, the most comfort- uncomfortable thing in the world some days, and it is for me at times, is to look in the mirror. And the conservative cause has to look itself in the mirror. Those who call themselves conservatives in the United States Senate need to look themselves in the mirror and say, look, I understand that that accountability is uncomfortable. As de Tocqueville said, you Americans, you you seem to do this thing, which we did back in 1835. You seem to be able to resolve problems with, he called it, the uncomfortable face to face. You got to start you got to start doing that, both the face to face in the mirror and the face to face with your fellow conservatives and your fellow members of the Senate and say, look, if we we don't hold people like Mayorkas and, 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 and Biden accountable. Who are we? You know, uh, you know, if, if we don't act while we can in the ways that we can, that the people have vested trust and power in us to act, who are we? And, and at the end, that, that's that's a very tough question for some people. Yeah, no, I think that's so very true. The border, we now have a lot more people into the country under Joe Biden than the total populations of 36 states. It's almost mind boggling the number. Every expert I've talked to from ICE and CPB, uh, CBP, excuse me, and Homeland Security says it's not possible to re- remove that many people. Even if we start mass deportations like President Trump says he would do if he was restored to office, this is just a massive demographic change that the Democrats win on, at least somewhat, right? Because we'll get some out, but some will stay. They win, don't they? Well, uh, the indications are right now that they do, John. I, I'll tell you that that uh, when I say they win, I just mean that that this benefits this 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 violation of the law, open, intentional, Mayorkas-driven, Biden-driven, Democrat um, accommodating. Uh, failure to honor the law at our border, to even honor our border, uh, it appears to be de- dedicated to the proposition of, of bringing people in that will vote illegally, 7.2 million of them, um, and 7.2 million people can flip an election, uh, depending on where they are. I guess where you've bust them or, or you've flown them in at the dark of night. Having said that, states have it within their power, constitutionally and practically, to assure election integrity. And AMAC, again, I encourage people to join AMAC.us because quite frankly, we do this every day. We are all about, at the state level, assuring that the elections will be fair, that people who have the right to vote get the right to vote, and those who have no right to vote are not are not voting. And the illegal, you know, the illegal alien voting community, what they're trying to do is sort of slip a knife between your ribs very slowly by saying that they will grant drivers, a lot of these blue states, driver's licenses to people, um, which which then to, to illegal aliens who then use that as their mode of identification, even though they're not a citizen and they have no right to vote. You know, I would say, John, that it goes to a larger issue. And it, can we win this election? You bet we can. And I think we can. We, the American people, wherever that goes, whatever party it is, whatever uh, we, the people have the ability to honestly count our own preferences and do it right. Um, and I think I'm praying and hoping that we will do that. But I also think that it goes to a larger issue and, and we could perhaps expand on this. And that is a general sense of this administration and, and a lot of leaders in both parties personify, in my view, they personify irresponsibility. They, they somehow get elected and then decide that they're no longer, they're no longer sort of hitched to uh, the, the public dock. They can drift off in any direction they want. They can do all their insider trading. They can decide that they, you know, they don't care about the debt, you know, and, and the debt is something that really, really, you know, in some ways em- emblemizes or uh, persona or uh, symbolizes the idea that we have leaders that are not paying attention to the game, the, the game, the, the life, how it affects us. So we've got an absence of rule of law, starting with the border. We've got an absence of responsibility for national security. And we also have this $34 trillion debt uh, that, uh, frankly, you know, by 2034, which is the same distance in time forward that roughly uh, back to when Trump announced his presidency coming down, his candidacy coming down that elevator in New York, uh, that amount of time forward, 
uh, our debt will be 116% of GDP, okay. and no That's nation has ever cost. survived that level of, of debt. So we're going to have to get the no, the Weimar Republic didn't survive it. You know, uh, a, a lot of the the country, you know, there are countries all over the third world that got themselves into big debt and just collapsed. So we don't want hyperinflation here. We want responsible leadership. It's a remarkable time to um, consider the stakes for everyone. And I know that's what AMAC does on every single issue. They're illuminating, they're educating, they're activating folks. And if you want to join Bobby folks or me at AMAC as proud members, he as national spokesman, we have a really great way to do that. For the entire month of February, we've got a special discount for Just the News, John Solomon Reports fans. You go to amac.us slash Just News, amac, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News, and you'll get a five-year membership. That's what I took, the five-year membership. It's the best deal. and pays for itself over and over again for just $35. It's just insane. It's less than a dollar a month. You're going to join one of the great grassroots armies. You're joining a community of patriots. You're not getting a service. You're joining a community of patriots. It just comes with so many benefits. Bob, you got a couple minutes left. There are so many things that AMAC is doing right this moment to make a difference in this country. Can you give folks just a few of the fun things that you're doing at the state and national level that are helping this country retain its greatness? Yeah, I mean, I, people take this pretty seriously, John. You know, to, to go from, you know, the large to the small for a moment, yeah, we've got a lot of irresponsible national leaders. But at the individual level, I think individual AMAG members go to sleep at night feeling responsible. They feel that they have done what they can done in, do in their time to make a difference. And they're doing that at the state level all over the place. We have call to action campaigns that are out there stopping ranked choice voting, in some cases reversing it, stopping late term abortion, in some cases trying to reverse that, trying to get to issues of what I would call a bill of rights type principles, free speech, education, empowering parents, uh, making sure that it, the freedom to worship is unintruded upon, making sure that the Fourth Amendment is respected in the Fifth and the Sixth and the Fourteenth. They're, they're constantly engaged at the state level. They've worked incredibly hard to get things like prescription drug prices down. Uh, so in the broader sense, I mean, on the personal front, a membership in AMAC gives you, for $16 a year, it gives you, an un and in this case, even less than that, it gives you an incredible around looking around the corner magazine with expertly written articles by many, many experts. I mean, Sebastian Gorka, Newt Gingrich, and people who really know their stuff out there. It gives you also things like engagement with uh, at the at the at the local level, with some of your top people, it gives you uh, what they call boot camp for boomers. You can get training, you can get online training. You don't have to go anywhere, or you can physically go places. They have an annual conference coming up. The bottom line is, this is what America really is about. This is democracy at work, and I think um, AMAC in many ways represents what I would like to think of as the Reagan legacy uh, being put to life now, put into into motion now to save the country that we truly, I think most of us in our heart of hearts, we know our parents and our grandparents fought for, and we truly believe in. So well put. And it is also a call to action to preserve the greatest country for the next generations. We've always handed our country off to the next generation in better shape than we got it. But this is the first time in American history where if the current arc continues, we may not do that. It would be a huge failure of our generation not to reverse the things that are threatening America's decline. So this is an incredible time, folks. Go to amac.us slash just news. You're going to get a five-year membership. Go match me. $35 for five years. That is quite a bargain. The magazine, the podcast, the daily intelligence and news and analysis, and of course, lots of discounts. I, tell you, I travel all the time and I use my, I whip out my AMAC card all the time now. Savings at hotels, rental cars, airlines. It's such an amazing money saver on top of of all the great benefits that you get. So go do that today. Bobby, what a great conversation. I think we're going to catch you a second time later this week down at CPAC. So we'll be glad to get two in a week. We'll be even wiser than normal. Well, now, John, you always are, 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 are an incredible force for the good out there. And I, I'm glad you interview all the people you do. But actually, I'm glad you do all your own in investigative reporting. And it really, honestly, I learn far more from you than you probably do from me. But we've got, we've got, we've got a country full of people that are full of common sense. And I think the goodness is we, we just have to let that common sense get to the top and start getting back into government. Yeah, it is that moment for all of us to contribute to that noble goal. And that's the time. Now is the time, folks. And get involved with AMAC. You will be making a big difference. All right, Bobby, we're going to let you go. We'll see you Thursday and Friday. I'm looking forward to that. 
All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. A big thank you to Fred Flights, Robert Greenway, and Bobby Charles. What a great discussion. You can't underestimate the magnitude of the information or the outcome of what's going on in Afghanistan. Joe Biden's policies, what a legacy to leave. The Taliban back in control, the Taliban getting U.S. dollars, the Taliban giving safe harbor to al-Qaeda, al-Qaeda getting terrorist training camps and madrasas up and running again on the very soil we routed them from for two decades. That is a legacy of the Biden presidency. Maybe the media in the legacy space aren't talking about it, but we are here because it, it is so important. All right. A big thank you to everyone. If you want to take advantage of that $35 five-year membership offer, this is an exclusive offer. Just here at Just the News, go to amac.us slash Just News. amac, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. Use the Just News promo code to check out if you need to. You will get $35 for a five-year membership. The best offer I can remember AMAC ever offering. What a great deal. It's a special offer because we are close partners with AMAC. And of course, I'm a five-year member. You should match me. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, be sure to check out the Justin News website. We got you covered day and night with breaking news headlines. God bless. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out.